Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights at the Modern Virtual Dinner. I uh, asked a question about budgeting and how that might apply in this modern hobby with world record pricing. I had five excellent panelists, Ken Capel, Jason Granite, Jordan Hagedorn, Jeremy Lee, and Mike Summer. Enjoyed the time we spent and this discussion about budget. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Card, Burbank Sports Cards, and ComC.com. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Here is the discussion about budgets in the modern sports card collecting hobby. We're going to talk about budgeting. The vintage guys used to walk around with a want list and knock off as many cards as they could with the budget that they had for that month, that year, for that show, whatever. Mike has introduced the uh, approach of a net budget, <laughs> not what you spend, but the net of what you spend. In the modern card world, when cards are going for so much, how do you even think about a budget? For you, for your collecting friends, Mike, start us off with just, is the concept of a budget outdated? Yeah, what has worked for me is the concept of creating a self-sustaining hobby. When I came back in 2015, I quickly realized I wasn't just going to be able to spend whatever I wanted to get the cards that I wanted. I was going to need to do something to help offset that cost with the entrepreneurial spirit that I have, buying and selling to create some profit to be able to use towards those cards I want. That's the, the path that I went. For me, I view my hobby budget as whatever profit I can generate to be able to create the funds to cover the cost of, of what I want to get. That works for me because I have the entrepreneurial spirit. I've got the time to be able to devote to those buying and selling activities, the content creation activities that generate a little extra funds, those types of things. I have the, the capacity to have some of those business angles to create some of those funds. A lot of what I do is try to help other people see those opportunities to buy and sell, to generate some profit. And for a lot of people, that seems to work. If it's just a pure hobby or a pure expense, then yeah, you've got to take a look at how much side money that you've got that you're able and willing to to dictate to it. For me, I don't use any personal funds for my hobby. I 100% use money that's generated from the sales of other cards. Thank you, Mike. Exemplary. Jason, bond portfolio manager, <laughs> trader. What is your expression of budget when you're either collecting for yourself or with your kids? It's evolved, <laughs> especially as price. I think that at least the way I think about it is it starts with goals. At the beginning, it's very easy every time there's a new release or new this or new that to just want to get it. And, and you quickly realize that where prices are, that doesn't work. So what I would recommend and the way I think about it is take a step back, look at the calendar of things that are coming out. After you've established the cadence of it, you know, maybe you have favorite players or favorite teams that you want to make sure. My, my son happens to like Emmanuel quickly. We were big New Yorkers. He's hot and he wants to get his cards. Here are the sets that are coming out. We're going to target quickly cards, et cetera. And like understanding the idea of having goals and when they're coming and when they're going to be. Obviously for kids, there's birthdays and special holidays and other things that you might want to allocate funds for, and that can be a gift like anything else or route friends or grandparents or other things in, in, in that direction. We were mostly buyers, but over the last two or three months, we've started to be sellers too, for the same reason. Things have gotten expensive and looking to, to fund some stuff back in. A part of that's been a good education for the kids as well as understanding how, how that works and, and why things go up and why things go down. And as they get older, 
they can do some of those things, teaching them to take care of things in good condition, those types of lessons as a parent. For me, I obviously have interest in my collection, the same thing, set goals. I went to Michigan, I graduated with Tom Brady. I go after the Michigan guys. Sometimes there's good cohorts of Michigan guys. Sometimes there aren't. When you set goals and you put them out there and that gives you an idea of what the budget looks like, I, I think it's about looking at the calendar out thinking about what's coming because it's very easy to say, oh, this is released this week. This is hot worth the show. I see it now. I want it now. You were talking about patience earlier. I, I think patience and FOMO and all those things is this idea of having kind of a, a little bit longer view of, of what it's going to look like. The, the, it, it's always going to be available. We're not chasing those crazy one-of-ones and multi-million dollar situations or Jordan was after a PMG or something. I think that those, if you see it, you got to grab it and, and budget is a different concept. But for me, if you're just collecting and, and, and doing things like that, it's about understanding the, the calendar and, and planning accordingly. So birthday parties were 20 bucks back in the day. What are they now? Is for, what, get a- for, a, for a goodie bag? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Look, we haven't left the house in a year, but you could like even a year or two ago, or when we were in London, we'd get boxes of the soccer cards and just sure. give a handful of packs to each kid or they grab them. At the, like it wasn't like they weren't a commodity now. Like you, you put pack, you seal it up, you put a, a bubble around it and you sell it for 10x two weeks later. <laughs> David Porter that was on my show very recently, he talked about having a birthday party where his mom got packs for all the kids. And as the kids were leaving, he requested the packs back. <laughs> he bought the well, look, I, I was he at a birthday party. His party guests. <laughs> Last year at a birthday, some kid pulled a Zion number to 10 auto card out of a hoops pack from Target like that. Now you're talking. Okay. Good one there, Jason. Okay. Jeremy, what do you think? Budgeting back in the day, because I know you go back to where in the days, many of the vintage collectors were pure collectors and never sold. A lot of the modern collectors, you straddle both, have grown up when they've come back in the last three to five to eight years they understand that it is an industry and there's buying and selling opportunities. So how do you see the budget situation? I don't know how you stick to one. For myself as a collector, I I see I've got 300 cards on my eBay watch list. I want to buy most of them. Unlike some others, unlike Mike, whatever money I have available for my life, I dip into that for my cards uh, regularly. I sell here and there. I started setting up a card shows for the same reason that Mike mentioned, because I wanted to start a self-sustaining hobby. I wanted to pay for what I was buying. But I like so many things that I just find myself buying so many cards all the time. I don't really go by a budget personally. I don't recommend that to everybody, especially if you have a family to support and all that as as I do. But I also think if you're going to budget what are you buying? Are you buying unopened product or are you buying singles? Because if you're buying unopened product, then as has been mentioned, you need to understand the calendar. You need to understand what you might want to buy, what products, when they drop, those sorts of things. But if you're just buying singles, I have my experience buying wax and I always found myself leaving the card shop feeling somewhat depressed because I didn't get my money's worth and I'd be a little upset with myself. I'd say if I spent $500 on wax and came away with nothing I cared about, nothing of value, except a lot of work now to convert it back to some cash. I said, okay, now I got to go spend $500 on something that is a single that I feel will have more lasting value that I also love. So I would make myself spend, if I spent a thousand here, I got to spend a thousand there, a hundred here, a hundred there, whatever it was. Then I pretty much just dropped opening product altogether because I realized that if you want to buy a box of cards for a hundred dollars, to me, it's purely a gamble. There is enjoyment. I understand that, but it's purely a gamble in terms of the value you're going to get out of it. So for me, my approach is I'd rather take that hundred dollars and buy a card out of that card shops showcase for a hundred dollars. And I know what I'm getting budgeting. It's a tough one for me, Jim, because I just see a card I want, whatever it costs, if I can afford it at the time, 
I'll probably buy it, but I will keep in mind other cards that may be further out on the watch list on eBay or there's a card show coming up. I make sure I have a, a few extra dollars available for that. But I certainly do not budget the way I think we're talking about and the way most people, several people should. As far as my net worth goes, I'm heavy in cards across all, a little bit of diversification, but my net worth is mostly in cards. I'm serious. Like it's very heavy. Your diversification is baseball and basketball instead of hockey (laughs) of cards. (laughs) True, true. Oh, fair enough. But at least you're approaching it from an analytical point of view rather than purely emotional, which is- And some- Okay. And a bit of experience and a belief in it. I've got cards that I've had since the 80s, and they've only gone one way for me in, in terms of value. They've only gone up in value for me over the years. Now, they have gone up, down, up, down, up, down, but you smooth that out, it's up all the way. I don't see why that will stop. I know that we're in a, a really hot moment right now. I do think that overall, important card values may shift down. I don't even want to use the word correct or burst, none of that. They may just shift down with normal market tendencies and cycles, but I'm confident based on my experience that if these cards come down in value by 20% this year, five years from now, they'll be up 20% from where they are right now as well. You just have to have the uh, the patience to wait it out, which I do. If I buy a card for $100 and it goes down to $60 in five months, I'm not going to worry about selling it. I'm worried about what it's going to be worth in 20 years or 30 years, depending on my my age at the time. I've got that long-term view on my sports cards. Okay. Fair enough. Jordan, what's your budgeting situation? I think like most of the cards you've gotten, you've either bought or traded for and not gotten out of packs. Correct. Yep. I don't really rip a lot of packs. I do for fun once in a while, but yeah, from a budgeting standpoint, I'm going to answer this in a couple of ways. One from what I do, but two in the context of trying to share maybe what I recommend. So I think a big thing with your budget depends on how good you are at the hobby. Watching Jeremy's journey over the years and seeing what he's bought, he might not be on a budget, but ultimately he could sell one card and live for 10 years off that card. So it's a little bit different for those who are just buying cards and just, you know, hoping everything works out. Jeremy has been very good. And that's probably why a little bit of him isn't too worried about it from a budget standpoint. I wouldn't recommend that for everyone. With that said, for me, cards are too visceral to worry about a budget. I just see it and I want it. I go to a show, I go to a shop, I'm looking on eBay, I'm talking to friends, they have cards. If I want it, I get it. It's not not I don't necessarily a $30,000 card, anything crazy. It's more like the Marshall Falk rookie I saw, the SP rookie for five bucks. I see it at a show, I buy it for a couple bucks. So with that said, I go back to when I was a kid. So we didn't grow up with a whole lot. Every dollar mattered. And for me to get cards or anything I really wanted, I'd get a hundred bucks for my birthday, a hundred bucks for Christmas, and that was it. So anything else I wanted, I had to hustle. So I had a lawn mowing business from 12 to 19. I cleaned my buddy's movie theater, all kinds of things so I could buy cards. And that hasn't changed a whole lot over the years. So of course I become a professional and this is my fourth season as an NFL agent and started my own marketing agency. And now there's times I even take on marketing clients just so I can buy more cards. It takes me back to when I was a kid and I'm thinking I'm doing some local marketing stuff here and I'm going, man, I could buy X amount of cards a month by doing that. It subsidizes the hobby. So I think it's different for everyone. It's a matter of between Mike and Jason buying and selling and, and to Jeremy's point, setting up at shows to sell. I tried to sell a few things in order to pay for certain cards that far. I extended pretty good on that card. You don't expect to wake up and drop a, a chunk of change like that on a, a card. But like Jason said, when you see it, you got to have it. You make it work, I think is the best thing. The people getting caught up ripping wax, thinking they're going to hit that of 10 Zion auto is like buying a dollar lottery ticket and thinking you're going to hit the $10,000 winner. It just, someone's going to, but odds are it probably won't be you. However, the camaraderie of ripping wax and being with friends 
having a beer, ripping some packs is is incredible. It's your dart league. It's your softball league. It's your poker game. This is our hobby, but you can't go into every poker game with your friends thinking you're going to walk out with 500 bucks. So you might lose a couple hundred that night, but you still got to have fun with it. So from a budget standpoint, I would say, try not to overextend yourself. I think you're seeing a lot of people maxing out credit cards, trying to hit big cards. I think you're um, seeing people get caught up in how hot the hobby is and buying certain cards that, that will go down naturally. So I would just say, do what works for you. Ask your friends, talk to other hobbyists, try to do your best to do the research, do your homework. And honestly, the better you get at the hobby, the more comfortable and confident you're going to be in buying cards. If it's not working, you're going down a path and it's not clicking for you and you're not making money or you're not feeling good about it. You need to change direction. And that's whether it's wax or singles or trading or whatever it may be. So that's my advice from a budgetary standpoint. Jordan, if somebody hasn't been making money in the industry in the last months, year or two, they need to change hobbies because it can't even be bad luck. You just, you just be in confidence and make money. Anyway, let's finish up with Ken. Ken, budget concerns or, or considerations? Yeah. In t- but especially today, gone are the days where you can just buy a, one of everything when it comes out because the basketball products this year are, are going crazy. I've been one of those people that many of you have already said, I don't really dip into our money, my wife and I's money to buy cards. I save up my money. I do whatever I need to do, work maybe a, a secondary fun job that gives me a little money, maybe turn around. Work has blessed me with a couple of bonuses here and there. A couple of years ago, I stopped busting boxes because I only have a limited budget and I was blowing it on two or three boxes at one time. And and I'm a set collector. If I get one guy in the set, I got to get them all. So I was finding that I was missing out on a lot of players by doing it that way. So I was able to refocus myself and be able to go out and complete my sets, but also work with people, work with dealers, work with vendors, work with people in the hobby, because I would much rather get the whole set than than wind up a couple short. And then five years from now, realized I missed out on one of the hottest rookies because I didn't think he was going to do anything where now I can collect the cards, store them, and then watch them, especially in this crazy time grow and the values grow. If I have duplicates and I've held on to them, I, I can get some extra spend money that way too. It's really hard to say you want to just do everything now, like I used to do, where you got to be really specialized and really committed to that budget. I love the fact, and I, I learned this about six, seven years ago, the, the, the Toronto Sports Expo is the greatest thing in the world for a hockey collector because you can go there and if you can't find it there, it doesn't exist. So I pace myself to say that that November trip every year with my best friend where we go away for four or five days. And that's that big time of year where the budgets are off. I've saved all year. I'm ready to go. The man-